With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Angel Connection, a weekly show about all things angelic with your host, international healer and author, C.J. Martins. Good evening, all my angel friends out there. This is C.J. Martins, and you're listening to the Angel Connection on Friday, January 25th. 2013. Can you believe it, guys? I hope everyone had a wonderful and amazing week. If so, I am glad that you chose to end your incredible week with listening to this hour on a Friday night. If not, then I invite you to relax and enjoy the show, unwind, and allow yourself to just be for the next hour. Tonight's topic is a fascinating one that I've learned a lot from uh, in working with my guests that I hope you all enjoy. We're talking about using archetypes to reveal our authentic self, which is very applicable on the Authentic You radio network that we're on here. My guest, Gabrielle uh, Javier uh, Cerulli, and she can correct me because I don't think I've ever tried to pronounce her name before, is joining me all the way from Paris this evening. So it is the wee hours of the morning there, and I appreciate her willingness to still be on with us despite the time difference. And she's going to share her extensive knowledge on archetypes, how they benefit you. I'm going to be sharing some of my archetypes and a mission statement as well, so I'm excited. Well, you know, uh, the inspiring story segment that I always begin this week is a little unusual. As most people who listen to the show know, I work with uh, directly seraphim angels who are a big part of the show. And it's a little unusual, but they guided me to a story about a good Samaritan. And the reason they said that they did this is because um, this is actually one that they can verify an angel was the good Samaritan in this case. So here we go. Um, good Samaritan saves children pinned underneath of car. Now, when I read this story, I was mortified. I'm uh, a mother, um, and so this is a situation where a mother is walking across the street, trying to walk across the street with her two-year-old little boy in a, in a uh, um, stroller and a seven-year-old little girl. So her two-year-old uh, Benton and her seven-year-old Suri were with her. They go to cross the roadway, and a 20-year-old woman comes driving, barreling through in a Honda Accord, makes a right-hand turn, never looks, and she strikes and hits them. Uh, the woman uh, hits hits the children. The stroller that the boy was in went under the front passenger side tire. The child was pinned underneath. Uh, this woman, who wasn't paying attention, so she didn't know she even hit anyone until she heard children screaming, which is terrible. You know, I know. I try not to judge things, but that's awful. She stopped the car immediately, but then the children were already trapped underneath. Before emergency crews could arrive at the scene, an unknown person appeared, a good Samaritan, went into the trunk of the Honda who had hit the children, took out the jack, raised the car, freed the children. And medical officials say that that quick action saved the two-year-old's life. They're both still in critical but stable condition, so let's send our prayers to... Uh, Benton and Surrey, uh, because they have quite a bit of uh, injury from this particular incident. But so very thankful that the angels could be there to help these children have a have a life, um, because that is just a terror. I just oh gosh, it just I don't know that my pit fell on my stomach as a mom when I when I read that one. So I send lots of love and light to those children and the mother who had to go through that experience with her children. I have a quick announcement before we get to the angel message, which is very, very appropriate. You know how the seraphim like to kind of sync up with the guests, so it's a it's a wonderful message. 
I wanted to uh, let everyone know that my new supernatural fiction novel called Angel Incarnate One Birth is coming out in print. I know a lot of you have been waiting for the print edition. They like You like to have that tactile experience of a book in your hands. So February 12th. Um, and I will be giving a number of autographed copies in March, so if you're not on my book mailing list and want to be entered for the promotion, just visit the book website and sign up for the newsletter. It's www.angelincarnate.com. And if you're on my other list where you get the weekly angel messages, unfortunately they're separate lists, so you've got to do it again. Okay. So here is the angel message for the week of January 25th. Dear Ones, The energies this week will support a deeper level of self-discovery as you move closer and closer to becoming your authentic self. There are times in your life where you may review your life and ask yourself, who am I? This seems as though it may be an easy question, but it is rarely easy for most people. You may even remember, as we share this message with you this evening, that this or similar thought may have crossed your mind already over the past several weeks. This is because universal energies are available now that can help you see past the illusions that can create distortions in how you view your real self. You may hear wise teachers speak often about the power of knowing yourself in a clear and deep manner. This is because much of your early human life can be spent not living for you at all, but rather becoming more of what you feel others want you to be. And for many years you may not have realized that you were defining yourself more from the needs of others rather than what you wish to express yourself. The energies of last year became a catalyzing force which shook things up in order to allow humans to see their own level of woundedness and seek healing. Now the entire year of 2013 will offer a deeper connection to self-authenticity for everyone in the world by creating and opening more possibilities that will mirror back to you who you truly are. It is very important to realign your life with what matters most, fulfills you, and makes you feel complete. As you realign and connect more with your own needs, you will find that you experience greater moments of joy and happiness in the coming months. It's time to embrace the real you. It's time to give yourself permission to express whatever energies you feel passionately about. When you do, you can more easily find the purpose in your life and why you chose this human experience. It is your human birthright to express all of the unique energies that you are. You are meant to be who you are. It is not your purpose to live a half-life according to what you feel others believe you should be. New Year's resolutions can be easily forgotten by the end of January. Whether you made resolutions, followed through or not, we encourage you to take some time this week to identify two specific things, what you desire to have more of and what you will choose to have less of this year. Beyond making those two lists, come up with some ways that you can make time for those things that fill you up and let go of those things that tear you down. If you consider making this list, it can simplify your actions a great deal. It can allow you to resolve those areas of your life that are not in sync or alignment with the real you. We wish to mention that there will always be things in your life that can push you out of your comfort zone, a process which can be uncomfortable but provide growth opportunity. When you make your, quote, less of list that you don't, include those things you personally have chosen that can help challenge your fears. What we mean for inclusion on your list of less of is for you to identify those actions in your life where you spend a great deal of energy in order to please or placate others, but for which you get little or no benefit. Balance is very important, as we mention a lot during our weekly messages. This exercise is also about creating balance by learning to choose your actions from the powerful aspect of your own inner light, which you must nurture yourself. This week will be a wonderful time to invite greater inspiration into your life. You can set your intentions to receive clear messages about what you need to see or understand that will help you reach your personal goals. Try not to work too hard this week so that you can enjoy yourself and play. Know that we are here to help you at any time, and we're only a thought away. Until next time, dear ones, we are the Seraphim. Well, you heard it straight from the angels tonight that it's time to move toward our authentic selves. So whatever we've got to do. We did a lot of healing, and I know a lot of you are going, "Uh uh-huh, amen, CJ, we did in 2012. But let's move into this space as they suggest. What do I want more of? What what will I let go of this year? I think it's a great tip as we're still in January. So 
Well, my guest, Gabrielle, we've got so much to cover with archetypes uh, this evening. She holds a master's degree in expressive arts therapy and mental health counseling. This woman has so many facets in her life and work that I'll just mention them briefly. She's an expressive arts coach and archetype consultant, the author of No Ordinary Woman, Tips for Conscious, Creative, and Healthy Living, an artist, mother, wife, daughter, sister, friend, adventurer, and traveler. Gabrielle uses the creative process to help others exercise their creative self and gain clarity, direction, and I love this part, and be wowed by some self-discovery. Angels like that, too. I love to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Gabrielle, to the Angel Connection. Ah, Hi there. Thank you, CJ, for having me. Well, thank you for being up in the wee hours. I I know (laughs) myself and my listeners appreciate uh, taking taking the time. Yes, I'm... uh, uh, just for the listeners, I um, cur- cur- currently live in New York, but cur- actually um, in Paris until the summer uh, of 2013, so I will be here for almost a year. Um, and that was on my vision board uh, many years ago, um, and it actually came to fruition. But that's a whole other conversation. We're here to talk about archetypes. So, and we uh, are. Yes. Yes. It's- all right, and I and as we go through, people know, you know will learn all about my archetypes and the work that I do with you, and it really gave yes. me a unique perspective for the show. So I, I appreciate your generosity completely. Well, you know, when I first have people come on, because people may not be familiar with you, you know, let's. I want to start just kind of having you explain, you know, your journey from a career perspective. You know, what you thought you'd be doing for a living wasn't exactly as you told me before the show, where you ended up. And, you know, what would you like to share about your own journey and how archetypes and understanding them became what helped you to focus your own work? Well, actually, I don't know if I actually had a career goal in mind. Uh, <laughs> I Well, I, I, knew that, I know that yeah. we all change, can shift gears, though, of where yeah, we think we're headed. You know. I was working as um, Director of Communications for um, Arts Advocacy Association, and then that led me to um, to the expressive arts. Uh, I met a woman who was an, an art therapist, and then I went into the got a master's degree in expressive arts therapy. And in that, it was where I really started to get really deep into the archetypal work. Because prior to that, I did a lot of traveling. I you know I taught. Um, around the world, and I traveled around the world. Again, I have the pioneer adventurer archetype. I've lived in 11 states and five countries, you know, broad countries. Um, And what I started to pick up uh, during my 20s and late 20s and early 30s was no matter where I went to, you know, Cebu, Philippines, to Bali, to London, to... Anywhere I went, there was always these certain energies, repeated energy patterns that I kept coming in contact with. There was always the artisans. There was always the mother. There was always the politicians. And I just started to take note of this and thought, wow, you know, the world doesn't seem that vast because I keep meeting the same quote-unquote types of people. And I just thought that was interesting. And then I started in my master's degree uh, learning more and more about archetypes, Carl Jung's work, and also got really into it for my sand tray therapy work. After that, then I actually got an archetypal reading done. Um, someone who was uh, certified with uh, the Carolyn Mace uh, program. And uh, Mace is M-Y-S-S. She's um, a prolific writer on the, the topic. And when I did that several years ago, it really clarified for me what other modalities kind of left out. Like um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming the listeners have done you know, uh, different personal development um, exercises. Knowing my archetypes really got me really clear on who I was and really who I wasn't. So that really just helped me personally. 
So then I continued with my work as an expressive arts therapist, and I couldn't ignore it, but um, my liberator came up to the forefront and said, you got to take this work of archetypal works and bring it to the mainstream. And I, I wasn't prepared. You know, I didn't... <laughs> You know, I didn't plan to become an archetypal consultant, which, like, I guess that's what you're saying is this is how it happened. It just just kept unfolding. Like, even in my book, I talk about you need to know your archetypes because it it helped me, and this is why it helped me. So the liberator and my visionary, um, you know, I I kept, kept getting these visions and in my journaling and in my creative visualizations, Kept saying you got to bring this to to more people, and so I um, and now I'm I'm doing it, and I'm doing it a lot because people are really sinking their teeth into this information, this this clarifying um, aspect of themselves to really understand what their gifts are and what their weaknesses are. Well, you know, I think that you know when things are right. It sounds like, the, uh, and I've worked with you, so you're you're really really good at working with people as a consultant in this area, since I know personally, you know. But sometimes, uh, you know, the journey we never know where the journey is going to going to take us. But uh, you know, prior to the work that we did uh, prior to the show, you know, I was familiar with the idea of archetypes, but only from the standpoint of the work of Carl Jung. You know, Jungian archetypes. He mentions that, and I know a lot about Carl because of you know the, his theory on you know the collective unconscious. Da 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 da. Right. But let's um, before we really get into specifics and things about you know different archetypes. Um, how uh, let's first kind of define what an archetype is for listeners because everybody might have a little bit different idea about that. But I love how you define it. I, I it's a very simple explanation. It's just a repeated energy pattern, repeated in terms of it has been here since the dawn of time. Such as um, there's always been a leader, or you can call that the king archetype or the queen archetype. There's always been leaders archety- um energy there's always been the warrior energy there's always been the mother energy some new energies meaning some new archetypes that you will see over and over say in movies or tv could be like the computer whiz or the computer geek um another kind of newish one is the you know working mother archetype so an archetype is just a repeated energetic pattern. It's different from a stereotype um, or personality trait. It's, we're talking about energy. It's, there's no good or bad to it. It just is. There's some shadow sides to some archetypes, um, like when we talk about the princess archetype, a shadow side could be you know, a brat, you know, that sort of thing. But... There's no um, compliments or um, anything negative about an archetype. It just is what it is. Like their stereotypes can come with a negative connotation to them, but an archetype is just an energy, and it's just an energy. Right, an energy that has, you know, like all things in the universe, and especially in the, this human world, you know, has a polarity to it. So certainly any of these expressed energies could have then the flip side of the coin, right? The shadow part right. of it. Right, and and this is a, an energetic pattern. It's not just, oh, an energy you're feeling that day. This is a pa- an energetic pattern throughout one's life. <clears throat> so, and, yeah. and so well, what's we're getting into? So, yeah, and and so I really, as I was, you know, loved how you had defined it, you know, that it was an energy uh, being expressed, you know. And so um, my next question as we start to get into, you know, how you help people and, and what those archetypes mean, things like that, that we're going to talk about tonight. So a person will come in with these primary archetypes, but do they... Can they shift and change throughout our lifetime, depending on what's going on, or do right. some kind of? I, when I work with somebody, I help them find their eight guiding archetypes, and I randomly, well, not sort of randomly, picked the number eight because there's hundreds of thousands of archetypes out there, 
but the I I felt after working with people, eight is a good number to have at their core to help them really make confident decisions. It would be kind of difficult to have 20 archetypes to kind of tap into to kind of go forward in life. So an eight's a very spiritual number, and um, Mm -hmm. so that was always also a reason, but it's interesting. It's not that we have to have eight. It's just that's what we try to get to. Some people that I work with have seven, some have nine. Once in a while someone has ten. But if you have the eight, then you you still have other ones surrounding you. For instance, even though I have a master's degree in expressive arts therapy, uh, one would think one of my core eights would be the healer archetype. And that was a huge aha for me way back when, when I first got mine done, that I was not the healer. And it was clarifying, which made sense why I didn't go down the path of becoming a licensed therapist um, because it wasn't in alignment with who I really was. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, my gosh, I just spent all this time, money, and energy on a master's degree. What am I going to do with it? But I'm using it now as a liberator and all the you know artists, et cetera. So <clears throat> the, the healer is still around me, but it's not one of my core eight. Just like the king, it's funny that it wasn't the queen, but the king came up for me way back when because uh, I was um, at a transitional part of my career when I um, needed to... I opened up the Global Network of Expressive Arts Facilitators, a global network of expressive arts facilitators and an online community that has gone through um, some changes over the couple of years, but I opened it up uh, as an association for people who use the creative process with their clients. So at this time, my king came up really strong because that represented just decision-making, leadership, management, um, uh, you know, dedication. So my king came up, but now he has taken a step back and my liberator has come forward. So we have this sort of flow that comes in and out. They don't, your core changes, it can shift, and it would be a subtle shift. One comes in, one comes out. It would not typically happen that all eight would change at once. Um I've never heard of that, and I, I just can't imagine a human changing that suddenly. <laughs> you know, so yeah, quickly. that would that would be uh, you know that would be a little a little strange. But what, when you told that story to me, you know, before you know, they can shift, they can change. You know, that these things can kind of we can have these core eight, um, and then others that we can kind of pull in. You know, depending what's going on or what we're trying to to accomplish, so we can pull or embody these various other, you know, energies. But what happens for people and what I heard hear a lot and when you were saying, you know, you're pursuing this um degree to to be originally to become this licensed, you know, person who would seek, you know, clients every day and who would be, you know, working with patients and all of this stuff. Um had you gone that whole path not knowing that you really didn't have that primary energy, you probably might have been pretty unsatisfied. And I know a lot of people waking up out there spiritually are like, what do I do with this energy? You know, I want to be the healer. And right. it's great, but we may do healing in different ways, like the writer or healing through the teaching, you know, which teacher's one of mine. Obviously, most people probably would right. expect that one. But I don't have the healer archetype either, which was very interesting and made some sense with some of the changes that I'd made in the work that I was doing. That's really important. And that's that's the beauty of this work is also... You know, there's always those ahas with my clients, my individual clients or within my workshops of like, ah, I knew that I was that, or like there's a validation and the tears. But there's also of like, oh, that's why I'm struggling, or oh, that's why I, you know, X, Y, Z. Because you're just trying to fit into something and it's going to kind of, it might 
uh, be okay because you're on the periphery because this might be one of your archetypes that are around you, surrounding you, but if it's not one of your core eight, it could be a struggle. Um, you know, I think I I could be somewhat satisfied if I uh, worked, you know, had a full-time job as an expressive arts therapist, but I think I would get burnt out. And the other thing is, especially the folks on this call, if you've ever been in the presence of a real healer, the healer, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you know that you're that that it's someone who's been called to this work, who is just has that you, you know you would think gift, but it's that energetic pattern. And we've all been around healers, doctors. Well, I'm assuming you know, doctors who are, you don't even know why they went into the healing arts uh, because they're just, (laughs) maybe they're more engineer than healer, but, and you can see like, oh my gosh, or like teachers, teachers who are so burnt out because maybe they really aren't the teacher archetype. So it's, this the work again, like you're saying, is, is great to know who you are, but it's really good to know who you're not. Oh, and this and I, will lead to, yeah, this will lead to those confident decision making on career or going back to school or relationships, which we'll talk about. Uh, um, just it just is clarifying, and it's also clarifying of like um, uh, um, what like, who your partner should be or who your part like how it works with your partner, why it doesn't work with your partner. Right, because a lot of people have issues in relationships that are troubling to us. Right. Like, why did this not work? Why did that not work? So it can give you also insight into the past or things that are presently not, you know, working very well. Um, you know, let's talk then using some of, you know, my archetypes, because um, we're just kind of talking about looking at what are really your primary energetic gifts to express versus what maybe interests you, what you think you should do, kind of what they were talking about in the angel message. So, sure. We, and what was I, interesting uh, yeah. about the work that we were doing, just one more thing, uh, interesting about the work that we did together really helped me understand why, you know, uh, especially uh, about a year ago, that I came to this crossroads in what I was doing. I had developed this method of therapy and been training other people to do Akashic Field Therapy. And I had this book that was novel that was unfinished, you know. And I found myself at this crossroads where I couldn't do both well. And I've always had that problem where I have lots of interests, lots of things I could be good at or do, you know, that interest me. Um, but I really had to get clear. And so... Um, I chose to put that down that appealed more to sort of a scientist kind of person or, you know, like you said, the healer or, you know, that kind of archetype and decided to write the book. Well, interestingly enough, you know, in our work together, my archetypes came up as the mystic, which makes perfect sense, you know, the teacher, the mother, the visionary, the angel, (laughs) go figure, the liberator, the rebel, and the writer, you know, and it was really connecting with the energy of the core of who I was. I could do these other things, and they could help lots of people, which would be what I'd want as that liberator or visionary for people to, Or mentor, right. Yeah, yeah right. and so you know, so for me, it was it was like, wow, okay, cool. You know, that was really good that I did that. Otherwise, I think I would have just burned myself out trying to do both, and exactly. not be yeah. not be happy within myself. And it really was a choice at that time between what I felt like I should do or finish, and what would make me most happy. And then you know, we talked about the. The writer archetype so totally is one of my archetypes um, because I that's the way I love to do, you know, be the healers through the writing, you know. And right, so, and like, that's how you, you know, it's around them. me, the healer. Yeah, the healer is around me. But when it comes to seeing clients every day, talking to people every day, you know, that stuff, I, you know, it's very uh, tiring for me versus, right. you know, right. expressing the energy in a different way that's more to the core, you know, of who I am. 
Right, and that's the you know because you're the writer and you also have the teacher. But the uh, I'd like to also just take a quick note here. Um, so we both have books out there, and I'm not the writer archetype. So just because you know, just because I don't have the writer archetype doesn't mean that I can't create a book. Or just because you don't have the poet archetype doesn't mean you don't create poetry. My the book that I wrote it came out of um, my creative self, which is the artist, uh, because I wanted to uh, create something new. Uh, my pioneer self, because I've never done it before. It was kind of like a challenge. But mostly as my liberator, as my liberator archetype, because I wanted to – That the whole book is about um, – there's no storytelling, because that, that's a whole other archetype. It's a book about tips. It's, I gathered um, all the resources that I, I've known of, put it down, and – the book is like um, a tips book to help others, you know, change uh, uh, thought, you know, negative thought patterns or outmoded belief systems. That's why that book is written. I didn't do it because I have a deep connection with words. I, it, it doesn't come, um, you know, it doesn't flow, you know, easily for me. It, it, I mean, the book did flow out of me, but it wasn't like as a writer. CJ's book is a whole different energy. I mean, you know, she is the writer. It comes out as a writer. It flows. There's storytelling behind it. There's purpose to it. It's a whole different kind of, and it's also there's a teacher in there, so you should kind of, you know, you're doing a little teaching in there as well. But it's mostly yeah, I do it. I do, I do it on the lowdown, though, you know, so to the telling of the That's story. Right. But you're right. But yeah, but I think of that in writing, and I'm like, oh my god, to create this story, to do that, you know, it just, I'm so inspired. I've got so much energy, you know, for that, you know. And and you were mentioning the liberator. Would you tell people what, some, you know, some of these that we're talking about? What's those core parts of those? Right. Are? The liberator is someone who is just called to liberate other people. Uh, in a in a grand view of it would be like Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman. Um, that would be the the grand scheme. In our daily lives, or for me, and you know, us, <laughs> it's uh, just you feel called to liberate others in something um, like limited. Limiting self-belief system somehow, or spiritual confusion. Again, this is not the healer because you're not trying to heal pain in others. You're just trying to free them. You want to give them information and help them break free of their existential chains or like, or like chains that they have put upon themselves. Well, see, everybody that knows me knows I am all about that. It's like right. here's what I learned. Liberate thyself. <laughs> it's kind of very right. much a personal why I'm on your show because you want this knowledge to help liberate others. My, right. I do this work. The way I help liberate others is through my vision board workshops, my vision board ebook, and you know doing these um, archetype sessions. I don't mm-hmm. do it. I don't do any of this as a teacher. You know, um, I think I told you a story. I I did a a collaborative workshop with somebody who did collage and I did the archetype work and they had a teacher archetype. They had handouts and resources and just the whole energy behind how she presented was very different than how I presented. Not that one's better than the other, it's just a different energy. So the deliberate is just they want to um, help free others. You know, sometimes it could be by being an inspiration or a role model and others just giving other you know some uh tips or words of wisdom. Uh the other one that I thought was really interesting for you CJ which is the rebel. Can you <laughs> can you that's kind of like the one that was kind of like sneaking there and it's just kind of like yep yeah, this is kind of underlying uh how do you It is but it is a primary yeah, right. the rebel. Well, you know, the rebel in me, and people know this uh, about me personally in my life. I am always challenging, always pushing uh, the status quo. In other words, yep, this is what it is now. I accept that. I'm cool with that. But this is what it could be. 
And um, so I had a lot more angst when I was younger. I had a mohawk in high school. <laughs> I did not conform to the status quo at all. Um, and so the rebel was really an in-your-face rebel when I was younger. Definitely right. a primary archetype. I'm a mover and a shaker. I'm meant to just shake up the status quo. And um, how it now applies, how I think it, those energies have refined in my life is, again, you know, to me, everyone listening, where you're at right now is not where you have to stay. You know, it's it's about still about rebelling uh, not so much against society or status quo or conformity or, you know, those more idealistic, I guess, concepts as a, as a younger person. But it's it's about being rebellious, not being satisfied, you know, with just where you're at and helping then through that rebel to, to come up with new ways of, of saying things or communicating ideas as that teacher um, or as the writer. And so that's why I don't, you know, I'm not a, I, I am a mainstream writer, but I'm really not. The concepts are different. You know, the things that I try to convey are different. Um, so I have different types of writing that I do, I think, more from the teacher or the liberator, you know, where I'm uh, talking about different topics and things like that. But, yeah, that rebel in me has been very crucial archetype, but you don't see it as, you know, <laughs> blue, black, mohawk, uh, army jacket with an anarchy symbol. Right. I know, I'm telling on myself. Um, I went to a rural high school, too, so, you know, the, only club, the big club was Future Farmers of America, and here I'm a punker, you know. Right. Uh, I, and, and when the you know the principal tried to tell me to do this thing, I'd say it was against my rights. I mean, I was always bucking <laughs> the right, system. Right. right. Always and, bucking. You know. And you know, but like an, for me, because I have the rebel as well. Um, I'm, you know, the whole questioning the status quo, living contrary to mainstream beliefs. I, you know, very much into the alternative health care. I'm very much into. Um, um, uh, li- not, you know, not working the 40-hour grind, even though I work more than 40 hours a, a week, but according to my schedule. Um, and on I, your own you terms know, kind of thing. On my own terms, but I even rebel against things in my world, like, you know, just some certain um, thought patterns. But I think the listeners might, I, I would probably, I'm kind of feeling like a good majority of them might connect with the rebel because listen I mean if you think about the show that they're listening to right now that is not really mainstream I don't think <laughs> uh so they're kind of a little rebellious at that you know like th- this is you know when you talk about um oh, talking to angels or um right talking about being connected to universe or connected to positive energy. This is above, I think, uh, I mean, this is what I'm feeling, it is above the mainstream belief system. I could be wrong, uh, but... Well, maybe I, I maybe on next Friday I should say, good evening, my little rebellious angels. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then some people are probably listening going, oh, there's no way I'm a rebel. You know, this is just normal. You know, this is just... Um, Anyway, so well, let's get to a couple yeah. more of yours. Um, the mystic yeah. made sense to me, though. I was not familiar with the archetype. Um, right, and this which... is the one that. Right, this is the one that's right on top for you, because this is the mm-hmm. one that kind of is the oil for everything else. This is what what drives the engine. Do you want to talk about it first? Yeah, uh, it just that... explain what the what the mystic is. Yeah, and how, well, how you feel, why it resonated with you. Well, it, you know, uh, the way you explained it to me was that, you know, the mystic ex- uh, views life basically through the divine. In other words, there's no separation. Everything is sacred. You know, where you explain it to the person that, you know, it's not a weekly devotional to my spiritual practice. You know, it's a living, breathing, you know, huge part of my life, and I'd never uh, termed it as that archetype, but when you said it, every cell in my being went, yes, 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 you know, and I, 
And people who know me intimately know how sacred I hold all living things, and it's our, it's my connection to the divine and that life force moving through everything, you know. And so everything to me is a mystical experience. Right. And and a lot of and it wasn't. I, I just remembered this. Somebody was talking about because I've had these very spiritually ecstatic experiences in my life, which are not common. They said, well, the Christian mystics of, you know, ancient times had these types of ecstatic visions. And I was like, mystics, there's that word again. And so, you know, really through and through, my spirit, you know, expressing into the world why I'm here, all comes through that lens of the mystical, where everything has meaning, everything has this deeper energy to it. So obviously for me, I'm not a light person. You know, I'm a very in-depth person spiritually, and that's why is because every every part of my day from the moment I open my eyes is a spiritual practice right. to me, which I right. might drive other people batty, you know, but I love it. That's what really, like you said, it's the oil really that drives that. And so when we were going through the uh, the archetypes, I think you said mine kind of made this, interesting circle which was the mystic was above you know like sort of as above and i looked at the writers being so below like taking all of that divine and you know uh and and being able to write about it whether it be through storytelling or as a visionary and then you know and, and so it was the mystic was the one that really identifying and calling that what it was and knowing what that that being one of my primary archetypes was very freeing to me. I was like, oh, yes, you know, that's that's my archetype. That's, you know, that's that's so me. <laughs> right, that's in, my, in my energy. That's my energetic pattern. And, and just yeah. out of curiosity, do you think it was um, – in the forefront in your early, like in your 20s? I mean, do you think it's always been an energetic pattern with you or did it really just come up for you in this stage in your life? Um, Absolutely not, actually. I mean, it was present from the time I was a Ah. child. It helps to explain why I was such an unusual child. I was raised in... uh, uh, and went to school in Catholic school, so of course we went to church. You know, to went to the mass a lot. And when I would get tired of school, I just would sneak out and go sit in the church because I figured because I liked that better. <laughs> because I, you know, oh my so gosh, wow. The, yeah, and so the sim, you know, and being able to talk directly to God, and so uh, so the the mist. I really just came in with. This mystic, you know, like you said, it's the oil for everything, and that's why I've had it since I was a child. And I remember five or six years old when I'm reading storybooks going, all I want to do is write novels when I grow up. That's all I want to do. And that's why it was such an important decision for me to choose one path of it later on, you know, down the road uh, more recently was – you know, I'm the writer. That's what makes me happy. It's also the way I can be the most effective expressing an energy because it is the, you know, one of the. I now find out one of my core archetypes. Exactly. And so I feel very at peace, really, with um, everything that's going on. I have, you know, I all my days are filled with such wonder and delight, which is a very mystical thing, I'm sure, uh, for me, uh, because I do live sort of in the awe of life every day, which isn't a bad place to to live. It doesn't make life a breeze or anything, but it's just I see everything from those dimensions, which I find is such an incredible gift. And what permeates my teaching, um, the mother, uh, the visionary, the person that holds the vision of where people can, you know, get to, you know, holding that, the vision for an individual or even large groups of people for transformation, you know, it's always been that visionary too. Um, but right, it was so just, vi- let me just, let me just mm-hmm. clarify. So the visionary for, for those listening who wants a little more clarification, right, the visionary is holding a vision that benefits their community or their society or society as a whole somehow. 
it's um they 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 have a vision of change of somehow so in my little world my my visionary self manifested in this vision of the global network of expressive arts facilitators to bring the expressive arts to more people it's also at play with this work as know your archetypes my the visionary self is to bring this work to um to people to to not make it so um um uh, you know mystical i mean it's just, just you know just to bring it so they can understand how to use it in their daily lives the um of you know which Oprah makes, might which be makes, a visionary yeah which which <laughs> makes perfect sense too as you're saying that to me gosh we're just having this <laughs> i'm just having a great time here um yeah. i don't want to belabor so we can get to to everything here but um the whole when the book was given the angel incarnate that people have been hearing me talk about the um you know releasing a print soon um the whole vision for that book you know it's a engaging story it's got all those great elements and all of that and it's you know called it's a supernatural fiction book by classification yet the entire reason for this book and the three more that will go with it because it'll be a saga is to reconnect people to the angelic realms to the divine inside of themselves so it's a very like global vision for these books right and how they can transform lives how they can help people see the divine in themselves i mean there's so many layers to that and that's really that visionary energy for you know ideas that will change mass consciousness kind of thing and that's why the seraphim came to me and told me about the book and, and doing the book um, or that I would eventually write this book because it's very important, but it's that visionary energy that I'm expressing, I think, too. So. Right, and it's interesting because the visionary and the healer are the two archetypes that really seem to shake people, um, either in a good way or a bad way. For, for the visionary, uh, a lot of people um, dance around that they're visionaries or sometimes I have to really intuitively talk about it more with them because they they kind of push it aside uh because they seem it feels too overwhelming it seems too big of a job it seems like they can't that that's too too big of a label for them like they can't have that energetic pattern um but if they have it they have it and so you know i have we have to work with with really claiming that and understanding what that means in one's life well, and then the and healer right. is a whole different, yeah, a whole yeah. one claiming their healer is a whole different thing. But the visionary is the one that kind of like, no, I'm not, I can't be a visionary, you know, like, what, what, what do I have to, and what do I envisioning kind of thing. Right, and so well, you know what I what that really speaks to that I want to make sure we mention in our discussion tonight is you know you have these eight you know primary archetypes which you have others surrounding that you can pull in you know that are other uh, energies that you express, um, but if you're not expressing an energy that is a core energy, then there's an issue. Right. You know, something to overcome, right? Like the person who would shrink away, they find out they have this visionary archetype, but they go, oh, I'm not there. You know, but it, for us to be whole, don't you think that we have to be able to express all of our energy? Well, yeah, especially, you know, and this is this is part of the whole clarification that happens with people is they go, oh, no wonder I've been grumpy because I haven't been exercising the performer in me. Or, you know, like... This is why I'm depressed, because of the mother in me, I, I, I don't have a pet. You know, I don't have a child. I don't, I'm not nurturing anything. Like, I have this mother archetype. I have this energetic pattern of deeply wanting to nurture someone or something, you know, and it's it's not being expressed. So um, one's emotional health, spiritual health could be affected because they're not exercising their archetypes because they're not in alignment somehow or they're not like I know I feel a thousand times better if I do some sort of artwork on a daily basis some sort of create creative outlet making videos making collages painting something that I have to do to get that you know to get that energetic part of me out you know, for you, for a lot of people, if if they're the writer, 
one of the best things is to blog or to write in the diary, you know, because they have to get it out. You know, if you're an engineer, you have to tinker. You have to figure it out. You have to build something. So I really believe that if you're not expressing one's, you, you know, your energies, that it's going to cause, uh, you know, a hiccup somewhere. In some right, sort an of imbalance. Field, you know, either, or... Right, an imbalance, right. Right, because, you know, well, sometimes we get caught up in life and we just, boy, we might have an archetype and it's been in a drawer for a while. And I think it's what part of the message this week with the seraphim, too, is it's like, who are you and what energy are you, you know, have you come to express, you know, is kind of what they were talking about. Because we we need to be nurtured and we need to be able to, to express, you know, more fully. <laughs> Right, and the one thing is, with with our day and age, we there's so many opportunities for us to do that. The performers that I work with that aren't exercising themselves, like they they maybe they're not on stage anymore, or maybe they're not um, uh, speaking in front of groups, but they're but they're figuring out, oh, I can make videos and I can put them on YouTube, or I can volunteer, you know, like not get paid for my performance, but do a you know a volunteer community dance group, um, the writers, you know, they, you can blog, you can just write. The um, the liberator, you know, they, there's all these different ways. Because I understand that people, you know, um, you know, they have to make a living and they have to take care of their kids or their parents. Or There's a whole thing, lots of things that we have to do in life. But if you're not exercising somehow, these archetypes, I think it w- will cause problems. Uh, and I did, just do, do want to clarify, archetype, your energetic archetype, doesn't always equal your career path. You know, like, right. um, it just happens that we are talking about CJs, who is a teacher, who is a mystic, who is a writer, but, you know, um, you know, and there's the underlying ones of the rebel angel mother for her as well. Uh, you know, someone who has the rescuer archetype doesn't mean they have to go into emergency, you know, ambulance <laughs> kind right. of work or, um, you know, ER doctor. Uh, but, you know, this is something that we could talk about more, but what, how to express that rescuer archetype or how it is already expressed. Because a lot of rescuers don't want to express it, but they do because that's who they are. You know, you don't aspire right. to be an archetype. Um, you just are it. I would love to be a poet archetype, and I'm not. So doesn't mean I can't write poetry, but it would probably be a really hard go if I tried to make a living out of writing poetry. And I probably would get tired of trying to write poetry because it's not one of my archetypes. Right. Well, what I love you do, you know, with the work that you do to help people clarify what their, you know, archetypes are, is that after that you have them develop a mission statement, and yes. um, which is an exercise that you that you did with me. And so, you want to speak a little bit about the mission statements, and I'll read mine for the listeners. Um, but why is that important to to put all of those archetypes together into some kind of mission statement? For somebody, because uh, what I was finding was people after the session would get would get all excited, and they go, "Great, I have my eight. Now what? Like, like what does this mean?" And for I, uh, I don't know why I started it. You know, it just seemed like a nice, tidy bow at the end. But it's to bring all that work into, again, a statement of, an, not intent, just of clarity. Some people do it, um, they write their mission statement with their archetypes for their personal life and some do it separately, one for their professional life. Lot, most people just do a combination of one. And the mission statement is utilizing all your archetypes that we've talked about into your life. And the best way to explain this is if you could read yours to give them an example of right. how how this works. Well, what I found very helpful about 
my mission. Uh, and like I said, I had made some adjustments, of course, on my own personal path uh, prior to working with you, Gabrielle, but it really brought everything into this just very clear focus. So to me, the mission statement was almost like blending all the archetypes together into one, you know, kind of statement. So here's my mission statement. I honor the divine in my life each day as a mystic who sees the connection between all things in the world, which I blend with the healthy challenge of the status quo, giving a voice to my rebel who embraces the unique rather than the ordinary. I embrace all relationships in my life, family, friends, and clients by sharing myself completely as the nurturing mother and the compassionate angel. As a writer and teacher, I can create a vision for whatever may be possible in a person's life so that they can successfully liberate themselves from their self-created limits and emotional suffering. I mean, I hope the people listening just gave you an applause because that was... <laughs> What? That was such a beautiful mission statement. It was clear, clean, precise, and right on target. I mean, you really understood the archetypes and, and how this applies to your life in all facets of your life. Uh, yeah. And if you, you know, guys who are listening, you know, guys and girls, if you're listening, you know, please email um, CJ if you want to get a, copy of her mission statement if you want to write your own, um, you know, because it, it might be, it's really nice to have a, an example sometimes to kind of understand how to go about it for some, for, you know, for, for people like us who are not writers, you know, that's, that's, it's nice to have an example. Well, yeah, the writer archetype gets a little easier because we just, we're all about writing, you know, and then putting things together. But for me, it was, it was, it was a, it was fairly easy, like I said, I am a very pretty clear person about what my path is. But, you know, the archetypes, the work that you're doing, I think, is so beneficial. So, you know, I recommend people um, who are interested in this definitely to contact you because I have a couple different ways uh, of working with them, which, you know, I appreciate. And when I was hanging more of my healer's hat um, out there with readings, things like that, you know, I always had different ways that people could work with me. But So there's a way they can do uh, the archetype process with you um, as more of like an pr- online presentation or uh, as you took me guided through. So why don't you explain that because we've got about three minutes left, you know, how people can oh, work with okay. you. Uh, um, if uh, An individual session with me is one way. It's about an, a little, almost an hour and a half, about 75 minutes. Or if you want to, there's a digital course option that is um, uh, a combination of a slide presentation and uh, my recorded uh, recordings from me. We go through, in both sessions, uh, we go through 50 archetypes, and then we drill down to your core. And then we also talk about how this can apply to relationships, uh, career. Um, Of course, the one benefit of a one-on-one session is you can ask a lot of questions and get really clear uh, the digital course is great because you can do it on your own time. Um, the way to find out is go to www.knowyourarchetypes.com, K-N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-A-R-C-H-E-T-Y-P-E-S, knowyourarchetypes.com. Uh, feel free to email me, Gabrielle at knowyourarchetypes.com. Um and we've got we've got links, you know, links, yeah, uh, sure. to your website and all of that too. Um, and, and just one more comment before I have to wrap up the show. Besides the fact that I loved having you on and the work that we did, <laughs> is that sometimes you. if you're a person out there who overthinks things, then I may recommend that you actually work with Gabrielle because she helps you kind of go. Well, are you really? You know, I mean, you you kind of challenge uh, the uh, yeah. archetypes and things, uh, so we can get to those eight. So. Um, I'm going to recommend that people actually work with you directly in this because case. Because it can be confusing, like, to get really to get the nuances of, okay, am I a mentor or am I a teacher? Am I a liberator or am I a, a you know, a healer? Like, sometimes there's, you got to kind of massage them, right. you know, depending and, on and how. Yeah. yeah, and what I, and not to cut you off, but we're getting close on time, okay. but I just, I, 
Right. It's like sometimes you start thinking about what you should be or what you've been before, and those things kind of help can hinder you from drilling things down, I think. Right. And that's true. So, well, thank you so much for being up in the wee hours, and I know you've got a sick little one, so I'm going to let you <laughs> go. But thank you so much for being on the show, Gabrielle. Fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, CJ. Thank you for having me. Take care, dear. Well, that is all the time, you guys, we have this evening. That was always a blast, sharing some information about yours truly. You've been listening to the Angel Connection Show with C.J. Martis. Join me next week for the very first teaching show. I know you guys like those, where I'll be sharing pearls of wisdom that the angels have helped me with, that have gained and benefited on my own journey that I'd like to share with each of you. Until next time, my friends, remember to be angelic to yourself so that you can become an angel to others. Take care and have a wonderful week. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.